1: Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best run business is run SAP. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, Here's Bonnie D. Graham.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome! And if you want to run with the game changers, you are in the right place. Today's buzz is risk. We love that big four-letter word; it has a lot of meaning behind it. Let's get started. Okay, critical questions are being raised by a recent IIA research and surveys of internal auditors that seem to suggest strong support for, guess what, involving internal audit in enterprise risk management. That may be a new concept for some of you. So we have a couple of questions. Are IA, that's Internal Audit Practices, really changing? Are those departments transitioning to provide risk management advice and opinions to the business? Does the business want them? Are the boards asking? Are the senior executives sitting there scratching their heads and saying, yeah, let's get IA Internal Audit more involved in risk management. They have a place at that table. But more important, if all this comes to pass, are there any conflicts in IA taking on such a new role? You always have to think about the implications of a new role. I have a panel of experts to help us deep dive, dive deep into this topic and try to get some solid answers for our listeners. First up on the panel is Rob Gould. He is internal audit at Harley Davidson calling in from Brazil today. And Rob sent me a wonderful quote from Mark Twain. I'll read it and then Rob will expand. The quote is, It ain't what you don't know that gets you in trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. I love that. That's probably the worst grammar we've ever had on the show, but it comes from Mark Twain, and it's wonderful. Rob Gould, how are you today?
2: Very good. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us. Well, so tell me, Mark Twain's quote, how do we get Mark Twain and internal audit at the same chair yeah. for the same conversation? Yeah. Wow. Well
2: the guy, the guy is funny. I love him. I think he likes to poke fun at people and, and challenge commonly held assumptions. So that's particularly why I think it, it fits well in this category. So you think about the role of audit and maybe traditionally compliance and, you know, working on financial reporting and SOX, but I think enterprise risk management is an emerging area, a very important area ties very heavily in the strategy and challenges that companies and boards face, and I think audit can drive a heck of a lot of value because of the unique insight and role that we play and the voice that we have at the board level. So that's first of all, I think, where Mm -hmm. it's critical. And second, I think, is just challenging our own perceptions as auditors and really saying, hey, you may think that you're in this box and you're limited in terms of scope of responsibility, but in reality, challenge that. Push it and, and really open people's eyes into the capabilities and skills that audit can bring to bear. And I think you'll find if you can deliver that, they will come to you and ask for more. So I think it's a combination of both of those aspects from my perspective.
0: So a little bit of a push me pull you the door is opening and yeah. somebody's beckoning from the other side come on in internal audit we know you've got something yeah. to add an internal exactly. offer saying I think I'll put my foot in that door, but I'm not sure how far open and how fast we should push it in. Is that about right?
2: Yeah, but but, but push it. Yeah, push it. The door is there, and it's up to us to push it open. That's right.
0: Good, good perspective. Thanks for opening the topic, Rob. Yep. Let's turn to our second panelist today. It's Thomas Bamberger. He is Chief Audit Executive at SAP, and he sent me a quote by Thomas Bamberger, and here it is. Information exchange between risk management, compliance, and audit is key for Full Transparency. A lot of importance to those words. Thomas Bamberger, welcome to the show. How are you today?
3: Hi, Bonnie. I'm doing fine. Thanks a lot.
0: Thanks for joining us. So talk to me. Tell me about your quote, and let's relate it to, uh, you can relate it back to what Rob said, but let's get into our topic. So go ahead.
3: Sure. I think it's a very easy one. You know, the the working, the, the information exchange between the three departments like risk, compliance, and audit it's it's for us uh, of utmost imperative to do this on a regular basis. That means um, the entire audit team is working, not working, is changing with compliance and risk on an almost daily basis to really get all the information, all the risks in the company, and to work on those ones. And uh, especially for our board, um, it's it's absolutely important to have this, this working relationship, this information exchange to give them early risk indicators, uh, help them in decision uh, preparations, find synergy potentials, and they're using us actually as a instrumentarium for, for transparency. But it, it's also that we do have to work not only with those two or three, um, with those two uh, parties. For us, it's very important to also work with other key stakeholders and uh, like, like COOs, like CCOs, that means Chief Controlling Officers, like the Corporate Financial Reporting Team, like the Corporate Strategy Team. And uh, that's, I think, um, an, an account management, what we established in order to really fulfill, fulfill our task by, mm-hmm. and this is also important, fulfilling the independency so we do have, do have the objectivity actually there in order to
0: perform mm-hmm. our work. Thank you, Thomas, for adding that. I want to ask you a question. What kinds of risk are we talking about? We've, we've uh, been banding about the term risk management. It's in my intro. So just for our listeners' edification, what kinds of risk? You talk about having more insight into risk that may be coming down the pike or imminent. What kinds of risk are we, are we talking about here?
3: Yeah, I think the most, the most relevant one for us uh, it's for sure the strategic ones, the strategy. So here we'll really have, we can have really impact and relevance for the organization when tackling those topics. Um, however, we're also uh, focusing on any other risk types like operational risks, financial risks, support development. So all functions within our uh, company.
0: Okay. Thank you very much. Bruce McQuigg, you're no stranger to financial excellence with game changers. Welcome back, Bruce. And Bruce is with, thank you. And Bruce is with governance risk and compliance solutions at SAP as well. And we have a quote from the tennis world. I think, uh, Bruce on another show this week, somebody else has sent me a tennis quote. Very interesting. So the quote is from Arthur Ashe. The quote is very, I think this is a lesson for life, Bruce. It's start where you are use what you have, do what you can. Welcome back, Bruce. So talk to me, Arthur Ashe. How does this relate to our IA internal audit topic today? Well, thanks, Bonnie. I didn't look up this quote
4: just in this context. I was driving down the highway about a month ago, and I heard this quote used on a radio show, and I found it riveting. My wife was with me, and we both kept my hands on the wheel, but we both looked at each other and said, well, <laughs> that is profound. And it's certainly it is. not about tennis, or certainly not just about tennis. Mm-hmm. And it struck me that if you're in the game-changing business, this isn't a bad way to think about it. Um, so if internal audit is going to make a difference in risk management, you start where you are. And where's internal audit, it's a global profession of I think perhaps a couple of hundred thousand people uh, that's pretty well recognized around the world. That's not a bad position to start from. Use what you have. Well, we've got a set of standards in the mm-hmm. internal audit profession that certainly endorses and provides some framework for getting involved in risk management and do what you can Well, we've got an audience of senior executives and board members that can, uh, you know, guide us and and receive the insights and advice we can give them on risk management. So I just thought it was a great place to start. You know, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And I think the internal audit profession, uh, you know, has dot points under all three things. And it's as well as being a good lesson for life, it's a great lesson for game changers.
0: It certainly is. Thank you for tying that into the title of our show. Bruce, I have a question for you. Uh, comments on what Rob Gould introduced in his Mark Twain quote. I'd like to put Mark Twain on one side of the tennis court and Arthur Ashe on the other and see what we get. That would certainly be pr- a profound match uh, made in heaven, unfortunately. The question, Bruce, is what do you think about the need for internal audit to put their foot in that door and push it in versus what's on the other side? Is the board saying, come on in, the water's fine. We think we want you now for risk management management advice and opinions. What do you think? Where is that door right now? Who's pushing? Who's pulling?
4: I don't think auditors can afford to wait to be invited. I I think the need Ah. is obviously there right now. And I do think they have to push the door in. And I had the good fortune to attend a presentation that Rob Gould gave to a risk management conference, uh, I guess, about a year ago now. And and I was just stunned at the the amount of work and the quality of the work he'd done in the risk management field. I think to some extent, uh, you're going to find boards who treat reports on risk as hot potatoes and really don't necessarily want to hear about them. Um, And and I think there's ways you have to deal with that, but I I think it's an area where we have to be aggressive. I think there's so many things happening in the world of business today, whether it's, uh, you know, catastrophes of various sorts, losses of Mm -hmm. customer credit card records. Uh, I, I think audit has a role to play, and I think it needs to be aggressive in playing that
0: role. Thank you, Bruce. Good insights. Uh, Thomas, I'm going to ask you if you want to comment on the, the door pushing and pulling. Any thoughts on that? We'll get from you, and then we're going to move to another segment. What do you think, Thomas Bamberger?
3: Yes. Thanks, Bonnie. I think I cannot agree more uh, with Rob, what you said. And uh, really the challenges uh, for for a company are growing each day. And what uh, Rob mentioned, new topics like cybersecurity, Merchant acquisitions, uh, regulations, cost optimizations. They're not only challenging the first and second line of defense, that means the operations as well as risk management, but uh, they really impact also the third line of defense, and this is absolutely audit. And we have to get our food into the door and Mm -hmm. uh, make this and push this uh, as hard as we can.
0: Thank you. Thanks for your insights on that. I appreciate that. Funny thing is on, on our show yesterday, which was HR Trends, I think it was yesterday, a guest had a similar type of a, of a picture metaphor, Rob. I'm addressing this to you. And we, we kept coming back to it through the entire show. It was very, very powerful. Anyway, that's another story. Guess what? I need some stories from my guests. It's time for me to ask the, uh, the seminal question, what's in your cup today? And Rob is new to this and Thomas is new to this. Bruce is a veteran now. But I'm looking for a story. Story, Rob Gould. Is there something wonderful you're drinking right now in Brazil, or what was the best cup of anything you've ever had? Share. And do you drink coffee on your Harley or one of your Harleys? So talk to us, Rob Gould. Share. <laughs> yeah, Share. Hard tell me. Learn to
2: drink coffee on <laughs> a Harley for sure. So, I thought um, I'd home, ask. I, I, I have what's called Linda's Famous, my wife's coffee, which is the best that I've had and very good. I don't know how she makes it because I can't do it myself. But here in Brazil, they have a very sweet. Espresso type coffee that thankfully comes in a very small cup because it's also very strong. So that's what I've been having, and you know, one of those every few hours and it will give you a real shot in the arm. So that's what I've been drinking.
0: Wow, boost the power of the bike, right? And the rider too. Thank you very much. Yes. We do a shout out to your wife for brewing such good coffee. We love her recipe if you want to share it sometime. Thomas Bamberger, where are you today, and what's in your cup, or what are you thinking about drinking, Thomas?
3: Um, well, two weeks ago, actually, I started to play golf, returning from a 12-year break. Wow. And, I was, <laughs> and I, was playing, I was playing around with my son, my oldest son, and afterwards we were sitting on the terrace watching the sunset, and drinking a perfect summertime cocktail, named uh, the Golfer. This is actually similar to the <laughs> Arnold Palmer, what you what we what we you have here in the in the US, I think. This combination of iced tea, lemonade, and booze. And uh, today, I'm visiting the Newton Square office. Mm-hmm. Sitting in a pretty frosty meeting room. Oh yeah. The good thing is, the good thing is, however. Um, that I'm warming up by drinking a tea chai latte, which has been specially prepared for me. That means it's not too sweet. And uh, so I can survive uh, this frosty room.
0: Okay, thank you very much. By the way, I'm not too far away from you, Thomas. I'm on Long Island, the north shore of Long Island, and it's cold and rainy here. Very, very cold. So I don't know how much air conditioning they have in Newtown Square, but it's it, we don't even need it here right now, and I bet it's pretty chilly outside. Thank you for your lovely story. I'm trying to write down this, uh, this recipe, the golfer cocktail. I have to look that one up. Bruce McQuaig, I'm wondering what wonderful story. Can you top these two?
4: I don't think I can top them, Bonnie, but uh, I can provide a bit of a difference, if, if, if nothing else. I'm, uh, I'm on the west coast of Ontario, working at home. The west coast of Ontario means we're on the shore of Lake Huron, looking west over Lake Huron towards the state of Michigan. Uh, I'm on the Canadian side, of course. And you've heard my coffee stories for the last two or three times I've been on the show, mm-hmm. so I thought I'd better do something different. And what happened today was uh, fortunate. My wife brought me a smoothie, uh, and I'm sitting here with a smoothie, and it's got mango, peaches, strawberries, milk, vanilla. And extract and yogurt and, and flaxseed and and uh, she she thought I was too much of a carnivore and too much of a coffee drinker, so she'd bring me something healthy. I'm <laughs> going to see if I can get her to put a bit of ground beef in the next one, but I don't think she will.
0: But it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I don't think you topped it. I think you're all you've all first first prize winners on the coffee stories today, the drink stories. Thank you everyone. Uh, the goal of that is just to find out who you are, is your personalities, your personas, and, and make us smile and I, I think you all met that task. Guess what? I'm going to give you all a break. In case the listeners haven't figured out, our topic today is internal audit. New role in enterprise risk management. And We've already opened the door. We found out from Rob Gould at Harley-Davidson, Thomas Bamberger at SAP, and Bruce McQuaig at SAP that their POV. Their expertise and opinion says internal audit should be pushing that door open, even if the board isn't quite sure, and the executives aren't quite sure, that they want IA to have a very strong role in risk management via advice and opinions to the business. So we're going to tackle this in a lot more depth when we come back. You know what's going to happen. We're going to take a 90-second break. Everybody's going to take a sip of something wonderful when we come back. We're going to kick off a 30-minute roundtable. We're going to have Rob Gould from Harley kick us off, and I'll pick some talking points from his notes, and we're just going to go for it. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. And you're listening to Financial Excellence with Game Changers presented by SAP. This is season three, episode 10, if you are keeping track. And a shout out to our engineer, Brad, back from a difficult health expedition. And we're glad you're back with us, Brad. So welcome back and stay healthy because we enjoy working with you. We're going to be right back. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Brad out.
1: SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments, questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers.
0: Here we are. Welcome back. After a brief break, we're talking today about internal audit, new role in enterprise risk management, and I have a question mark about that because we're not quite sure, and that's what we're trying to figure out with our panel. Speaking today with Rob Gould from Internal Audit at Harley-Davidson, Thomas Bamberger, Chief Audit Executive at SAP, and Bruce Government Governance Risk and Compliance Solutions at SAP. We're ready to start our 30-minute roundtable nonstop, so Rob, I hope you put your seatbelt I'm sure you wear some kind of a belt when you're tooling down the road in your Harley. Rob, let's talk about – I'm looking at your notes you sent me before the show. An interesting topic here. Internal audit can serve in an advisory capacity to facilitate the ERM process. And then you added, we should update our internal audit charter to reflect our new role. So let's start at the very beginning. What is the charter now? Does it exclude risk management? And how much work? Whose job is it to update this charter? So get us started, Rob, and then, of course, Thomas and Bruce will chime in with you. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. So it does certainly include uh, a separate charter for advisory and lays out what our role is for risk management for the board. The Audit uh, Committee has reviewed and approved that, and specifically it indicates management is still overall responsible for risk as they should be. The mitigation, the resourcing, the decisioning. What Audit does is really help to facilitate the guidelines, develop the process, the structure, how it works, and and really kind of coach management on how to do risk management. That's our role, and I think it certainly fits within. The IA standards, and in, in addition with the IA standards, it also indicates we have a responsibility to assess a company's risk management capabilities. That is, in fact, what opened the door, if you will, for us with that. Hardly, mm-hmm. we did an audit of that area a few years ago and indicated there are some opportunities for improvement, some gaps, some ways that we could improve and develop a more consistent structure and developing a, you know, kind of an implementation timeline. And we presented that to the audit committee. I remember one of them specifically says. You know, we had an itch that wasn't being scratched, and this is finally getting scratched, and I like it, and I want more. And so the, the program has really taken off since then, and so we've been working very closely with the business to develop all the processes for doing the assessment of risk and reporting those and benchmarking and, and all that. So I think we've been continuing to refine it for every year, and I think we're getting a lot of traction on that front as well. In addition, I think it's opened the perspective about the role that audit can play in other types of strategic projects, so now they frequently come to us to assist on those types of areas where traditionally, had you kind of led with normal audit, I don't think they would have viewed us in that way. So that has been a really big benefit for audit from my perspective.
0: Thank you, Rob. Question for you before Thomas chimes in is... How long would you – let's get, get some expectations here uh, for a, a very large company like Harley, like any any mm-hmm. big – I call them the behemoths of the enterprise world. How long would the process be from the time they say, yep, it's time to update our internal audit charter? Uh, is that a monumental task? Is this something we're talking about? You bring in an independent uh, auditor, if you will. You bring in an independent company to take a look and see where it is. How many years, how many people, what's the investment in updating that charter?
2: Yeah, but the the chartered is not a a task that takes very long at all. I think the IA gives some good standards in terms of what advisory roles you can and can't take, and I certainly use that as a guide and and really having some dialogue with the executives and the board. So that that wasn't the hard part. I think it's more... Mm The cultural change and truly building risk management within the pace of the company, the business planning, the update of the strategies and, and the board dialogue so that that 's the challenge I think is really building it into the culture of the company and that that takes time acceptance and, and familiarity, mm-hmm. but now I think it 's the point where you know management is really kind of running with it, and we just kind of guide them and you know make sure that they know hey we 're ready to go and let 's get started and If we have any additional risks, we'll include that and do some training awareness for those new risk owners. But otherwise, I think the process is just, just running. Now, it has taken maybe four or five years, I think, to reach maturity. Mm -hmm. And I think, Bonnie, that's probably what you're asking about. Yes. Uh, So there is that level of, of time and investment that is going to take to really get it integrated. But, you know, the charter itself is really not a difficult thing. And, you know, and that's going to tell you right then whether you're going to get the acceptance because it's something that is not normal. Um, But I think, again, push the door and see what kind of traction you're going to get.
0: Thank you, Rob. Thomas Bamberger, thoughts on on the charter, moving it ahead, uh, formalizing the new role. What are your thoughts? What's your expertise, experience?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, it's what what, uh, Rob mentioned. What we need first is, of course, the buy-in from the board and from the audit committee. This is is relevant. Second, the IIE or the IIA, sorry, they want to have each year a review of the charter and of our professional. So we so we do this, and if we do any changes, of course, this has to be then reflected. Um, just to give you an example of what we did with an SAP. We started the transformation two years ago mm-hmm. when we said we want to come from a old-fashioned compliance audit department towards a modern one. That means a modern one which is uh, based on strategic advisory and um, having, of course, the right skills in the team, having the right culture in the team. This was also what what Rob mentioned before. And uh, this mandate coming from... If you you look at the picture, for instance, in the bottom line you have non-negotiable compliance topics. They have to be done throughout the years. Do so you need basic audit skills for those types? IT skills, critical thinking for sure. But then if it comes to the next level, people need to get additional skills. They need skills to get more business insights. That means they have to work on themselves to get those, uh, to get those skills those uh, additional ones. And the final step is, of course, to get this one of a strategic advisor. And you know how tough this is, especially in a company Mm -hmm. like SAP, um, where audit was uh, not seen as a strategic advisor at all in the past. And and strategic advisor, for instance, is your mom or your dad. And therefore, Mm -hmm. you have to really work hard in order to become a strategic advisor. So skills, business knowledge, critical and strategical thinking, these are the criteria you really have to have and to work on each day.
0: Thank you, Thomas. Great insights. Bruce McQuaig, I know you want to chime in on this. Thoughts on the charter and, and uh, talking about the new skill sets?
4: Uh, <clears throat> well, uh, let, me, let me come at it from a different direction. Obviously, the charter mm-hmm. is important, but uh, let me come at it from the other end. Let me come back from the perspective of what it would look like in my own personal view if auditors were truly involved in, in providing good advice on enterprise risk management. I was on the board of a nonprofit organization that provide home nursing care uh, in Ontario. And, in fact, I sat on the audit committee on the risk management committee of that board. One of the risks in the home nursing care business is, uh, you know, when a, when a patient goes home from the hospital and uh, you're told that they're being taken home and they have to have a nurse visit them in six hours after they get home to change a dressing or to
0: mm-hmm. give them some
4: medication, and the nurse doesn't turn up. So we've yep. got that big red risk of missed nursing visit on, on the board. Well, I don't want to know, as a board member, if we've got good controls over that. I don't want to know if we've got good risk management over that. I want to mm-hmm. know exactly how many times that happened. I want to know which hospitals the patient was released from. I want to know uh, which nurses and which nursing agencies were involved. I want to know what happened to the patient. Did they get sick? Did they get re to the hospital? Did they sue us? I want to know that information. So to me, that means internal auditors have to provide that kind of framework to to produce that kind of information. The only way to know if the risk is being managed is to look at the results of that risk management and understand what's what's happening as a result of that risk being managed, what the incidents are, what the issues are, what the losses are, and those sorts of things. So to me, that's that's what I want to see in a charter. I want to see auditors, given the role of influencing the development of that kind of information system and auditing to make sure that the board's getting the right information about those types of incidents. Uh, so in developing a charter, that's what I'd look. I'd look at the end result that I wanted mm-hmm. and design the charter accordingly. I kind of pushed us a little bit in a different direction there, Bonnie, and I'm sorry if I did, but I...
0: No, that's fine. Picked, that's uh, fine. Uh, Bruce, your example is so compelling. As a matter of fact, somebody was just telling me the other day, I'm trying to remember who, they had p- post-surgical dressings and the nurse didn't show up for a day here, a day there. They didn't know when she was coming. Oh, well, we won't worry about it. It happens every day. So thank you for relating this from from the, uh, I'll say the ivory tower of, of audit and risk management down to the level where it really matters, the people level. Thank you, Bruce. Anything Anything else you wanted to add, Bruce?
4: Well, I don't think the board has to get involved in every risk to that level, but for those Mm -hmm. risks, they're key to the. I mean, this is a home health organization, and if you can't keep your patients healthy at home, you shouldn't be in business. So for those critical risks that affect the very foundation of the organization's purpose, you need that kind of
0: information. Ideally, yes, very, very well put. Rob Gould, do you want to chime in on anything before I move this in a different topic? I'm going to talk to Thomas about something else. But, Rob, anything you want to do to wrap up this thread? Yeah.
2: I would just reiterate, as both you know, Tom and Bruce raised, I think really understanding strategy, getting attuned to the changes in the strategy, the implications of that from a risk perspective, and really always having that in mind for all the audits you do is just critical. I mean, it's, it's, it's what you do and focusing on the right projects that's so critical and, and making sure you kinda stay above, you know, the you know, the day to day normal type of risks. Of course you need to do those or table stakes, but you really need to keep a longer term vision about, you know, the critical strategic risks and how we can help to assess and guide the business on that front.
0: Thank you. Well put. I'm ready to talk to Thomas about some of the notes you sent me before the show, Thomas. I want to talk about – I asked about the types of risk. Let's talk about uh, the challenges business is facing. The challenges are growing every day. You told me that new topics are coming in – cybersecurity, major acquisitions, data security – all of these need to be tackled by all lines of defense. And then you brought up the idea of how well is the House of Governance mechanism working or not so well at all. Thomas, why don't you take us down this channel, please?
3: Yeah. First, if you, if you allow, Bonnie, just to, to build on Rob's uh, last mm-hmm. statement. Yes, please. Just wanted to add that um, within, within our industry, we do face a very dynamic uh, situation all day long. So the pace of technological change is increasing more and more and more. And the stakeholders uh, demanding, of course, greater visibility into everything the organization does. And uh, as said before, internal audit is expected to move beyond the compliance activities providing those strategic advice and business insight. And this is, as I said before, uh, not only for transformational, for organizational, but also for business processes, product and technology, finance, legal, and so on and so on. So this mandate is really uh, changing for, for internal audit, just to, to sum it up. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you. Now, what about these new so challenges you, we've got?
3: Yeah. Now you mentioned our, uh, <laughs> our House of Governance, Yes. how to work um, – how to work together with, uh, with the different departments uh, better than ever before. Um, we used to have, of course, good good relationships to departments like um, compliance to risk, but we said we need to increase this relationship. However, always being independent and objective. And therefore, we, we created with an SAP a so-called um, T-model where um, risk management and, uh, and compliance, they do actually more a type of risk assessment and, uh, and overall estimation of the situation. So more the, more the broader coverage. What we do now, if a compliance or a risk manager says, could audit please help, since we do not have those investigation skills to detect everything, then we step in on demand Mm -hmm. and really deep dive into the utmost uh, relevant topics in order to detect things which could never been detected before. And uh, this is actually the the model, the T-model, we're using um, pretty intensively over the last uh, quarters. And it's it's paying off.
0: Thank you, Thomas Bruce. Thoughts on this about the new types of risk, the challenges every day?
4: Uh, yeah, obviously, I mean, uh, the role of internal audit and risk management is not to just deal with the kinds of day-to-day operational things I, I used in my earlier example, and uh, you have to look at you know the impact on the organization of environmental risk, future risks that are happening and the healthcare business. To go back to that, you're worried about things like aging population and diabetes and uh, Ebola kinds of uh, kinds mm-hmm. of issues uh, as they go. So those are things you have to worry about as well. And I think the role of the audit department is to make sure that those emerging uh, external kinds of risks are recognized. And from the customers I've talked to, uh, we have active risk management programs quite apart from audit-driven risk management programs. But certainly active risk management programs, auditors are looking at external risks. Their so risk management programs are looking at external risks as well as the kind of internal one I talked about there is a role for audit, as Thomas described. And I was a chief auditor in a much smaller company, and it is true that you get called upon to do investigations, special studies, and those sorts of things. Um, and, 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 and auditors have, you know, the ability, the resources, the skills, the discipline, the standards, uh, the tools to do those kinds of studies. Um, but it's difficult to, to me, to get too much involved in those sorts of things. If, if there's information that the business needs to run the business that they don't have. And have to call upon auditors to figure out for them. Then there's a gap in the framework someplace. And I think part of the role of audit would be to say, "Okay, we've gone and done some studies, and here's our recommendations. Here's how you have to manage this issue." Uh, and you know, we, we can't we can't be relied upon to to you know to do that kind of thing for you all the time. It's a business problem. And here's what we found out, and here's how we think you can solve it. That that would be a Uh, because you can get drawn into these investigations an awful lot and and consume a lot of time on them. You have to take it back to the business, and and if they're responsible, we'll pick up accountability.
0: Thank you, Bruce. Rob, thoughts on that?
2: No, I I agree. I think you you do get involved with those type of projects from day to day. They're high priority. They need to get done timely. Um, I think it's, again, just kind of basic expectations that all that needs to provide. I, I also... Would say I think a critical role we play is to the whole education awareness side about risk and bringing a different perspective about things because management is busy running the business, the operations. They don't have the luxury of stepping back and necessarily seeing the whole process from end to the end. And I think that's a really big, big value that we can provide. And of course, that unbiased perspective that sometimes you really need it. It's it's, it's hard to kind of. Pull that out, and you know, people know about problems, but for whatever reason, they don't necessarily always get raised. So, audit can certainly help to drive and be a catalyst for that change, which I think is really critical.
0: Thank you, Rob. I want to go in a slightly different direction with some information Bruce McQuaig sent me before the show. Uh, This sounds like a very provocative statement, Bruce. You told me the control paradigm is a very hard one to shake. The notion that risks in particular must be controlled, and you put quote marks around it, controlled is so appealing and seems so right. And I'll add one more sentence here. But as Bruce used to tell his clients before he joined SAP, if we had as many controls in our personal lives as we recommended for businesses, then we'd all be on some kind of tranquilizer. Okay, Bruce, talk to me.
4: Bonnie, I knew that would get your attention. Uh, yeah. It
0: really did. I a little strawberry salad because I knew Bonnie would come back and ask me about that. <laughs> so okay,
4: go an ahead. Example, and this is kind of mm-hmm. telling tales out of school. Um, I have a company-provided iPad, a really nice iPad. Uh, it's the latest iPad Air. And uh, I like it. It's great. The problem is, it's set to go to sleep every five minutes, and I can't change that. <laughs> uh, it locks up every five minutes. I can be in front of a crowd, uh, in front of yep. a, in front of a, an audience, giving a presentation with my iPad open. And if I leave it for five minutes and answer a question, it'll go to yep. sleep, and I have to sign bye in bye. again. Bye bye.
0: Yep.
4: And I'll have to sign in again. Um, my own iPad. Uh, I think the maximum time allowed is about 30 minutes before it goes to sleep. My iPad spends more time locked than my front door does, um, and so that's kind of—I don't know what risk that control is supposed to prevent. Perhaps there is a risk there. Perhaps, uh, perhaps someone could find my iPad unlocked and access company secrets. I'm just not sure, but it's an example to me of, of a control that um, I, I question why we have it. Uh, an mm-hmm. example of the kinds of controls that often auditors or IT people, especially, you know, put into put into systems for us. My view is that if auditors don't understand risks, they don't understand the business. And time and time again, I've looked at customers, and this is my days well before SAP because SAP is my most recent career, but not my longest one. And mm-hmm. customers would say, I've got, uh, I've got uh, you know, 200 risks I've identified, and I've got 10,000 controls in my control catalog, in my control library. And to me, that's just wrong. Uh, if mm-hmm. you don't know more about risks than you do about controls, you probably have the wrong kinds of controls, and you're probably putting them in the wrong place. So my sense is spend a lot of time and understand the risk and then be very, very selective and very, very careful in which of those risks you choose to control. And the rule of thumb is three to one. I don't know whether it should be two to one or ten to one, but the rule of thumb I've given is three to one. If you don't know three times as much about your risks as you do about your controls, you're probably doing the wrong
0: thing. That was my... Ah, very provocative. Rob Gould, Harley, you got to have some opinion on this. Talk to us.
2: You know, there's kind of a double-edged sword in terms of the controls, and I think it all gets down to judgment in the end. You know, the reality is you really only need one primary control that works very consistently and you can place reliance on it. If that works, you're good. You don't need ten other controls as backstops, but we tend to do that. And part of it, quite frankly, is because we have systems that enable us to do that, and SAP is one because there's a heck of a lot of detail and you get various types of reports about exceptions and sometimes cryptic and hard to understand, but you can run a report, and it makes it easier for audits to look at it, to Bruce's point, because the information is readily available as to, opposed to, what is important, the risk side. So it is a double-edged sword, and in the end, I think it gets back to judgment and really knowing the business and what is important and what's really going to you know, cause harm for the company. And you really need to be thinking about that all the time, not just what's easy to test or readily available. You go down that path and you are wasting time and and, and not focusing on the value-added issues.
0: Mm. Okay. Thomas Bamberger, thoughts on what we're discussing, please?
3: Yeah. Of course, we do have – I think we all have enough tools in order to to control what we need to control. Uh, however, what we think it's, it's important – is to have the right people. That means um, you permanently have to, to rotate people in in order to increase the quality of an organization like audit. Since you know only people which have really or who have really profound business knowledge, they only know what kind of hints and tricks or what kind of uh, things are, are within an operations. Where are the problems? Only they know it, and that's why important to get those people in different roles in audit, for instance, in order to tackle those ones. I think it's not it's not uh, it's not relevant. Uh, um, or what what Rob mentioned, I think it's uh, it's good to have the judgments definitely by people, but um, but finally, really, we need to. We need to have the controls um, yeah, manifested by tools I said before, but on the other side I said we need the right people in order to, to, to monitor them and to have the permanent exchange with the business to really, um, to really have the, the insights and to get the needy-greedy stuff.
0: Thank you, Thomas. Rob, I want to go back to you. I want to – we have – let's see. We're going to take about five more minutes before we take a break. I want to just uh, do a scattershot here on some topics we haven't brought up yet. Rob, you said internal audit can guide the company in identifying and assessing black swan risks that may affect the company's future success. That's what we're all talking about, future success. What is a black swan risk for those like me who are uninitiated, Rob, and how does that relate to our topic?
2: yeah so I think on that particular one, every company's got a different opinion about black swans, and of course, you could say well it's uh you know an earthquake in San Francisco or it 's nine eleven or these you know major catastrophes that 's not how we view it for us it 's more the boiled frog syndrome where you're, you're you're in that hot water, but you're you're comfortable, and you don't realize it's slowly being turned up until you're already cooked, and then it's too late, of course. So you think about a company like Harley; it's been around for you know over 100 years, and you've know, got a very successful product. Well, you don't want to rest on your laurels and just think that that's always going to be the case. The world changes, mm-hmm. customer preferences change. So how do we make sure we stay ahead of that and and be mindful? So if you really think about our business model, what are the really critical things that could end up Turning our business model around, and we have the the tools in place to assess when that might happen. Have we thought through the implications? What would we do? And really thinking through that and assessing that, and, and having a really good dialogue at the board. So that's one thing that the board has to do. What's around the corner that could impact mm-hmm. the company's business model that we haven't thought about? And so that's one thing that we, in audit, did. It's helped to. Facilitate dialogue with the executive group, and I think it brought forward, you know, a number of very insightful things that you know we we didn't recognize necessarily. Or some of the things that we had, but we weren't necessarily willing to kind of take that risk. But it helped to to kind of raise it. Have some really good dialogue around, it. and then the end, the company ended up taking the risk, and I think do it did it in a very planful well-understood way and it, and it was successful. So that was the benefit of that, and I think it was a, you know, really a, a good exercise. So again, something I think and it, audit can help to drive that type of dialogue. that Otherwise, mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have happened.
0: Oh, good to know. Uh, Thomas, I want to go to another one of your talking points. It's an interesting thing. We, We talked about who's pushing the door in. Is it coming in from the side of the board and the executives, or is it being pushed in aggressively and assertively by internal audit? You have an interesting quote here. You say, last but not least, there is a German saying quote, do good things and talk about them. And you say, this is the way to bring awareness of internal audit to the business. So in reality, how does this work? Who gets to, we, we hope they're doing good things, and who gets to talk about it? Is it IA saying, come look and see see what we've done this week or this month or this year, sending reports, not boasting, but saying, this is our impact and we want you to know we are being effective. How does that process work, Thomas?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just to give you an example of... Uh why I thought this is a good uh, statement, a German one, since often within within audit people did not talk about the audits they have done. The question is why not, because everything is secret, everything is confidential, and so on and so on. Um, now I come to the example. If you have a topic on compliance, so someone has um, has stolen anything, out of the company, or there was an interest of conflict of, uh, of a person, or they detect it,
0: mm-hmm.
3: or they need really to talk about it in order to push the awareness into the organization that if people are doing wrong things, we have to talk about it. So non-compliance has zero acceptance within our company. And this is what we have to do. We have to talk about it. We have to spread the message. We have to say, hey, this year we have, uh, not not say, we have, we have, we have detected five, six, uh, six topics and we have to work on them and show the people also the consequences of what we did and uh, in order to prevent things from happening again. And uh, this is one, one example I want to share with you, um, meaning really talk about things in order to prevent things from happening again.
0: Thank you. Bruce, you want to comment on that? And then we're going to go right to break.
4: Well, let me go back and comment just briefly on one of uh, one of Rob's points with respect mm-hmm. to black swans. And I wanted to maybe give a specific example. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking Rob will agree with this. But one example of a black swan is blackberry, coincidentally. Uh, a company that dominated the market for a number of years and within a, a period of several short years was, and also ran. I, I live about a 100 kilometers away from the head office of BlackBerry here mm-hmm. in Canada. Uh, and, and what's the role of audit and that kind of thing? I think what Rob was saying, and I agree with him completely, is the, ro- the role of audit in risk management is to identify those events and conditions that can put you out of business slowly, not necessarily mm-hmm. the catastrophes, the sudden catastrophes or the earthquakes or those sorts of things, but what is it that your competitor can do that can drive you out of business. And there is a role for audit there. I'm convinced of it. Um, And I just wanted to kind of put that out as a different kind of example, but I think in line
0: with what Rob was saying. Thank you very much. Guess what, guys? I'm going to give you a break for about 90 seconds, and we're going to come back with what we call the crystal ball round. So, Thomas, I want you to look around there in the office and see if you can find the crystal ball, polish it off, and look ahead to perhaps the year 2020. Rob, I want you to find one down there in Brazil, and Bruce has already has his ready because he does this on a regular basis. I want you to tell me what you think we would be saying about this new role of internal audit in the enterprise risk management process. In 2020 or any year, any month, any day, any week, or any hour that appeals to you that you can see clearly in the crystal ball. I'm Bonnie D. Graham talking with Rob Gould at Harley, Davidson, that is, Thomas Bamberger at SAP, and Bruce McQuaig at SAP. We're exploring internal audit, new role in enterprise risk management, question mark. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back with our predictions round. Brad out.
1: SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. Always talking business, talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments, questions. Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to financial excellence with Game Changers.
0: Here we are, and we're back, and it's time for the Crystal Ball Predictions Round. Let's kick this off with Rob Gould at Harley-Davidson calling in all the way from Brazil and sounding good. Rob, if we look ahead to 2020... I like the way Barbara Walters says that better than the way I say it. We look ahead to 2020, riding on your Harley off into the sunset. Uh, How far out could you predict the role of internal audit in terms of enterprise risk management? At 2020, is that a good place for you to stop, or do you want to go farther or more near term? Talk to me, Rob Gould.
2: Yeah, I I think that fits Let's Let's go with that. So for me I think it's continued evolution. You know, we're just really started on this journey, let's say, and, and I think you know, we talked a bit at advisory from, from our company's perspective and I think for a lot there's gonna be increased demand for advisory services. Companies see the benefit of that you can really work with the business to assess risk proactively and, and bring some insights and help to drive that change before issues are already there. Audit tends to look in the rear-view mirror advisory is is you know, looking through the windshield. And so there will be more of that. I think, you know, talking a bit about, you know, Thomas's comment about bringing in folks from the business and skill sets, that's certainly critical as well because you do need to have the credibility insights from the operations side. I certainly agree with that. I would push back just a little bit in terms of the depth of experience of this type of effort, in my mind, you really need to have some pretty deep skills, experience skills, and particularly facilitation and really knowing how to interact with the business and that new auditors coming into the role they are not going to have. so I think it takes quite a bit of experience in going back to this term judgment and having to have the dialogue with the executive and gain their trust so I think kind of a mix of you know the auditors that you have pretty deep knowledge they've been there for some time as well as you know rotations of people from the operations in my mind i think you need both they have to complement each other the other thing that i see quite a bit you know get back to this topic of grc that bruce had mentioned that's certainly a critical tool and enabler at least for me and what i see it's it's quite a bit far out because just getting the the integration of the systems they have the reports and the support and buy-in with all the other functions like Compliance and legal and, you know, risk management and all these other areas to also support and buy in the use of those type of tools is a pretty big task. And you need to be in agreement about what you're wanting and how you, how you call risks and all those type of things. So that I think is further out, at least for us. I think it sounds good in theory, but from an operational point of view, I think it's more difficult. So I think getting the support, the governance, the alignment from the business areas the process side is first before you really start going after technology. So that's kind of what I view kind of the next stages of that. I think you wanna keep learning and seeing what's possible, but I think you need to kinda of build the process and the capabilities and alignment with the business first before you start thinking about a technology tool. So that's, Thank that's kind you, of Rob. Of the way things evolving. You-
0: you know, what, I appreciate your predictions. One word stood out early in, in your talking points here. You mentioned the word trust. I don't know if that word came up in the rest of our conversation during the roundtable, but there has to be an element of trust, right, for people to trust in the in the company that internal audit does have the skills, does have the tools, does have the motivation, does have the commitment, does have the mindset to do the proper thing in terms of risk management. Is that a, a key? to getting this done on a social, human level is the trust Absolutely. factor, Absolutely.
2: I mean, there, there's certainly mm-hmm. sensitive topics that you're raising. You need to hold them yes. in confidence. You need to make sure that you are treating with the respect, and, and mm-hmm. they know that, and you need to build that over time, yes.
0: Good. Thank you. I, I picked that up, and it, it sounded to me like a word we hadn't said yet. Glad we talked about it. Thomas Bamberger at SAP. Predictions, please. Take a full two minutes, Thomas. Go ahead.
3: Thank you. So first um, – I think the education of the business is for us most important. That means especially on topics like compliance, but also as the ones we've talked before, data, cybersecurity, and so on. That means we really have to help the first line of defense, help them to know what they need to know. And, of course, this helps then in turn the second line and the third line of defense. That means us, corporate audit. That means... Um, then Corporate Audit can really focus on optimization of the team itself, focus on improving the strategic advisory services, and uh, really getting the mindset uh, of of the auditors in a way that helping the business is the utmost imperative.
0: Thank you. Bruce McCraig, you're up. Predictions. Two yeah, minutes. Um, yep.
4: I, think, I think these days a five-year time horizon is uh, pretty long because uh, things are happening pretty quickly. Uh, if I look at my business card today, it says I'm a marketing person, but I've only had that on that card for a couple of years, and before that I was a consultant, but I like to remind people that I once had a real job, and I once actually was an auditor and a chief auditor and a, and a financial <laughs> manager and actually did real stuff, but Going back to those days, I recall as an auditor, it seemed to me that a lot of our time was spent uh, looking backwards in time, mm-hmm. looking internally within the organization, uh, looking at tangible things, uh, looking at transactions, looking at inventories, looking at, looking at things that we could touch and feel and see. Um, and we spent a lot of time verifying, you know, compliance, verifying transactions. Uh, everything seemed to tie back to the general ledger in one way or the other, even though we weren't necessarily a financial auditing group. We did seem to have a financial auditing, you know, preference, it seemed to me. So what does the future hold? Well, if you look at the way technology is emerging today, um, I- I'm, I'm not sure that pretty much everything that happened in the past inside the organization, I'm not sure that couldn't be analyzed by big data. I- I'm not sure mm-hmm. that you can't... Uh, you know, find out uh, everything you need to know about what happened by by running al- algorithms uh, against historical information, operating information, financial information. So if I say that, then what's the role of audit? Well, well the role of audit in that aspect is the data scientist. I mean, I think the role of mm-hmm. audit is to develop and run algorithms and they need audit expertise and they need business expertise to find out what happened in the past that you, know, that you need to know about, you know, to, to run the business well. The other role of audit, I think, is to look to the future and to look outside. So shifting from internal, tangible, historical, to external, intangible, um, and not necessarily, you know, you know, what are trends in business? Uh, what, are, what are trends you see in consumer preferences? What's going to happen in the future? Well, those are the kinds of things that I think auditors might well spend time looking at and, and funneling into the business. In a broader sense, I think the role of audit is to create information, I don't think the role of audits is to do audits. I think the role of audit is to create information, and sometimes an audit report is the best way to do that, but it's not the only way. And sometimes I think to create information, you have to build the organization's capability. Uh, Sometimes I think you have to do it for them. Sometimes I think you have to provide analysis. Sometimes I think you have to provide frameworks for understanding and analyzing and, and reporting information. So I see the role getting a lot more analytical. I see it getting a lot more tactical, I see it getting more focused on the top of the organization, and I see it getting more forward-looking.
0: Uh, Bruce, I'm going to cut you off and say thank you. I'm totally out of time. i got ten seconds to end the show. I want to say th- great thoughts, by the way, great predictions. Thank you to Rob Gould from Harley-Davidson calling from Brazil. Appreciate your time. Thomas Bamberger, I hope you warm up at SAP in Newtown Square. Thank you, Bruce McQuaig. Always a pleasure. Thank you to the, the Financial Excellence team, Chris Grundy, Aaron Hughes, Birgit Starmans, Bruce McQuaig, Hannah Schleeps, Thank you to Brad. Welcome back. And the Business Channel team, I'll see you tomorrow right here, 8 o'clock Pacific, 11 Eastern, on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Another great show coming up. And later in the afternoon, we'll have a repeat of last week's The Customer Edge. And Thursday, we debut a new show, Innovating Innovation with Game Changers, Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bye bye. <laughs>
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, here on the Business Channel, wishing you a game-changing week.